This is Health Unabashed on Healthcare Now Radio, a show that spotlights promising health and wellness innovations enabling sustainability and equity in the healthcare delivery and financing ecosystem. Hosted by digital health advocate, author, and global thought leader Gil Bash, the show engages the thought-provoking ideas, people, and companies that are making a difference. I'm Greg Masters, executive producer and co-host, and join Gil as we engage top industry talent who share their insights and best practices to enable the transformation of legacy healthcare. On today's show, our guests are Julian DeSalaberry, the CEO and co-founder of Galen Growth, a market leader in digital health analytics, and Ritesh Patel, senior partner and global digital health lead for Finn Partners, one of the fastest growing global independent marketing and communication agencies in the world. On this episode, Julian Ritesh preview their co-authored report on the state of digital health to be released at Health 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. And with that introduction, Gil, over to you. Greg, thank you as always, my friends. What a beautiful introduction, and it's great to have you here with us. And I just want to remind all of our listeners to tune in to Greg Masters and Fred Goldstein on Pop Health Week. Fantastic program. Well worth listening. We have great, great guests today. We have the one and only Ritesh Patel, who is accompanied by the founder and CEO of Galen Growth, Julian DeSalaberry. And we are going to give a bit of a spoiler to our listeners because Ritesh and Julian are heading off to Las Vegas and they are going to be at Health, H-L-T-H, without the vowels. And they are going to be sharing with the global health innovation community some breaking data. I've had a chance to see the report. It is, I'll say in a word, outstanding, outstanding. And uh, they're gracious enough to be making the report, which is the first global state of digital health report. It's mammoth. It looks at some 200 million data points examining closely some 14,000 equity investments around the world. It takes a look at multiple puzzle pieces and puts them together in terms of a strategic picture for C-suite executives, private equity investors, obviously digital health entrepreneurs, and anyone passionate about the digital health area, as we all are. So Ritesh, Julian, welcome to the program. We're on Health Unabashed. We're in the midst of our second season, I'm happy to say. I want to thank our 50,000 listeners for, for jumping in and particularly welcoming both of you. So you started this initiative to imagine a scaled global report. And I've seen many digital health reports, and I've seen this one. And this one is the wow of reports. And, and you've decided to make this available at no charge to the entire health innovation community. I, I've got to start, Julian, you're running a, a very successful global business, Galen Growth. Obviously, you make money off your insights, and, um, and that's your business. You, you decided with Ritesh to make this available to everyone for a download. Why? Why for free? This is a report that people would spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for, and, um, and, and you're saying, hey, go to this link and go get it. 
Yeah, no, it's a good question. Thanks, Gil, for the opportunity to talk about it some more. Uh, yes, we at Galen Growth have for a number of years now uh, been tracking the digital health ecosystem and been reporting on it. Uh, and we always have, I guess, two halves to our lives. One, which is the work we do with clients. You're absolutely right. We're a for-profit organization. But the other, of course, is helping the digital health phenomena um, really mature and become become what it should be, which is democratizing healthcare and, of course, um, helping, uh, I guess, patient outcomes, health outcomes just generally improve across the globe. Um, we started out life in Asia, which, uh, of course, is very different in terms of its ecosystem constructs to Western Europe or even North America. Um, and my journey started when I was at Merck & Co., uh, looking at some of the activities of the GHI, so the Global Healthcare Innovation Fund that Merck & Co. set up and which started investing in digital health in the US. And it suddenly struck me that digital health was going to play an unprecedented role, really, in the improvement of awareness, access and affordability of healthcare across uh, developing markets in Asia. And of course, the more I looked into digital health and its role and the levels of innovation, the more I realized that actually we were transforming healthcare across the globe and across the entire value chain as well. So to answer your question, um, we're continuously looking for opportunity to create transparency in digital health, enable people to understand who's doing what and who's doing what with who, uh, and generally move the whole ecosystem to its next level of maturity uh, from the cottage industry that it is now to something that it's becoming, uh, which is, you know, many proof points and certainly need for, for scale uh, through the activities of health systems, you know, incumbents such as uh, pharmaceutical companies, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I was going to say a, a $22 billion cottage industry. We're going to explore that. That's one big cottage industry. Now, Ritesh, you and Julian have been at, in the digital health area since it's dawn. I mean, you were, you're like pre-digital health, digital health. And, you know, you've obviously, the two of you have worked closely together. I know that you were working shoulder to shoulder and getting this report ready for, for health. I, 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 some of the things that struck out for me that I, I wanted to ask you, you about, Ritesh and, and Julian, please chime in, that a lot of people focus on the the drop in investment from 2021 to 2022. And they say, oh my God, you know, digital health is, is, um, is declining. Um, my, my takeaway was no, no, I see this across the board. You know, you know, patients were separated from doctors. Everybody saw an opportunity. People were throwing money into the pot. It wasn't necessarily smart or due diligence money. It was exuberant money. And if we really look at this as you have, uh, on a span of time, like from 2019, 2020 to now, what we're seeing is a lot more money coming into the space when we look at this in terms of amortizing the years and, and saying to ourselves, it's not just a question of more money or less money, it's a question of what quality money. So Ritesh, I wanted to ask you, um, you you're a person who sort of has their finger on the pulse of where is it all going? Where has it been? Um, do you think that digital health is sort of like because of the economic climate knee down or it's really more sort of a strategic reassessment of where the money's going to go? So I have the dubious pleasure of having lived through Web 1.0. Dubious, I love that word. Thank you. Yes. So Web 1.0 taught me a lot, right, which is 
you know, the internet was coming out and there was a gold rush and we were charging people millions of dollars for a simple website. And we got away with this. Why? Because we were experts and there was this thing that was new that nobody understood. And then over time, it became bigger and bigger and the bigger companies got into it. So, you know, I was working for agency.com. We were a high flying. We went public at 17. We ended the day at $98 a share. We were all worth billions on paper. And then a year later, we got sold for $3.25 at a knockdown price, right? So, and what happened in between was these little companies, Razorfish, IXL, agency.com, Proxycom, all these guys came out, but the big guys, the ad businesses, figured out there's a model here. Now let's go get it, right? So WPP, Omnicom, et cetera, started to now get into it in a big way. We're seeing a similar thing going on. Uh, starting in 2015, it was consumer-grade technologies, you know, the watches, the trackables, the wearables, the Fitbits. That was digital health, if you remember. Now we're getting to a, a maturity model. So I think that's exactly what's going on. I, I don't think there's a recession or a, a reset. I think we're getting mature. And those little point things are now becoming normal and are being connected. And the big guys like Apple and Amazon and Microsoft and Google and all those people are saying, you know what? Or Mount Sinai Hospital or UC Davis or the NHS in the UK. They've figured it out. So they're now saying, okay, I can take this stuff and make something big of it. And that's where the model is going. So Julian, I want to take what Ritesh said and swing over to you for just a second. I also noticed that for the first time, it's not you know, the maturity of the model that Ritesh refers to. And I also noticed in looking at the data, and again, this is a wow report. I'm going to encourage everybody listening in to find a way to get their hands on a, on a copy. I also noticed that you looked at what I'll call hotspots of digital health in the report. So we tend to look at the aggregate number of up and down, but actually, as I saw the report, yeah, sure, North America saw a decline. It's the biggest market in the world, but guess what? Um, Middle East and uh, United Arab Emirates, um, strong, strong investment, actually st stronger than ever. Europe, stronger than ever. So I, I want to ask you sort of an under the hood question, because both of you are pros in this. Um, those countries have very um, very structured, very clear regulatory and um, electronic medical records that are almost closed loop that make the practical application of digital health like streamlined. And, um, and the United States is still sort of evolving. It's a little bit regulatory wise and, and payer wise, the wild west, um, the Western world. So I wanted to get your take on the regional investments and if, if you would kind of give us your analysis of why Israel, the UAE and Europe are right on track with even the high level of investments of last year, and there's a, there's a dip in US directed investment. What, what do you think's behind that? I think there's a few phenomena behind that. Um, one of them is, uh, anchors a little bit back to the question you, you just asked Ustesh around valuations. Um, if you look at the trend of funding in 2022, um, those uh, ventures that have been most impacted are the late stage uh, ventures, the big, the big boys um, who really need large amounts of funding to continue motoring. And so what we've seen, in fact, in investor behavior is, I think, a lot of, let's say, non-specialists, dare I say, tourists stepping out of the space 
uh, and the specialist staying in and starting to make decisions really connected back to proof points. But what we've seen generally is a move of funding towards earlier stages. So uh, growth stages or let's say Series C and earlier for those people who are familiar with those funding stages. Uh, so that's one trend we've seen across the globe. Um, the other thing, of course, in terms of valuations is we've seen um, the big boys taking the biggest hit. Uh, so if you look at valuations, um, there are various rumors that valuations are back at where they were pre-COVID. Largely true for big, um, big ventures. Um, somewhat incorrect for early stage. Early stage ventures have still seen valuation accruals and demand, supply and demand is, is kind of driving that a little bit. Um, and so then you start digging into the ecosystems and that's the, you know, the beauty of, of, of the data uh, and the analysis that we've done in, in partnership with Finn here, which is, you know, let's drill into to the regions, uh, region by region. And what are some of these drivers? Listen, in the Middle East, you know, it's, it's the elephant in the room, really, Israel. Um, it's the largest ecosystem um, by far. Uh, it has um, a very well-organized infrastructure to nurture and grow early stage innovation, um, but also has extremely strong links to the US ecosystem in terms of taking that proven early stage venture to the next level of growth. And of course, there is funding interchange between those two uh, ecosystems, that, that is Israel and, uh, and, and, and in the US. Uh, and so the, the, the engine of the Middle East is really Israel, although you're absolutely correct, um, UAE, uh, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, et cetera, have substantial wealth, sovereign wealth funds, for example, that are able to continue uh, putting money into uh, the innovation sectors, particularly healthcare. Sort of like 92% of the money was being directed toward Israel and 8% to Europe, but those were the two major players. Correct, you, yeah. You said something, Julian, that I, I just want to pick up on that the um, and I was in Israel last week speaking at the uh, French Israel Chamber of Commerce of all things you have to go to Israel to speak to people from France who come in from France who are in digital health but one of the things I, I saw at the conference where there were people not just from France at this meeting but from the United States hospital systems incubators sort of coming in rubbing, rubbing shoulders with Israeli entrepreneurs so I want to ask you a question that I don't think is reflected in the report, but both of you are, are top flight analysts in a way of the digital health sector. So my question is, when I was there, I saw a lot of Israeli CEOs having trepidation about uh, the future of funding. And as a result of that, kind of mm, tightening the belt a little bit on their expense and having seen the report already, my, without divulging, I, I sort of was coaxing them to say, you know, folks, this is your time to put your foot down a little bit on the gas pedal and, um, and throttle up because the world is looking to you to come up with the practical applications that have outcomes and insert that into the US system. Was my advice well-placed or, or should I run back to all those people and say, uh, no. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Health Unabashed on Healthcare Now Radio. Our guests are Julian DeSalaberry, the CEO and co-founder of Galen Growth, and Ritesh Patel, Senior Partner and Global Digital Health Lead for Finn Partners. We're discussing their co-authored report on the state of global digital health to be released at Health 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Well, you know, Ritesh, uh, of course, will have uh, his own perspective here. I think, you know, about this time last year, really, um, everyone thought the music would continue playing. And if you look, and again, don't want to divulge too much from the report, but if you look at the percentage of ventures that went back to raise more funding during the 2021 era, which was a blockbusting era, the percentage of ventures that actually achieved this as a percentage of total volume of ventures in the ecosystem is actually quite small. So I think everybody thought the music would keep playing. And so they are now in uh, a difficult place, which is how do I prevent my venture from getting into funding stress? Um, now, we've already said that early stage uh, ventures are not quite seeing the same crunch. But that said, I think touching back to the point you made, Gil, I think we're clearly moving into a, a new maturity level of, of the digital health ecosystem. And I believe, or we again in growth believe that the last 12 months has only a volatility that is, has only served to accelerate that inflection point of, of maturity in digital health from what we're calling 1.0 to 2.0. So we will see attrition. We will see consolidation. Uh, we're going to see a lot of slimming down. Uh, and we're already seeing that anyway. Some of the large boys already uh, in the news for, uh, you know, retrenchment of, uh, of headcount. Amazon, uh, yeah. Meta, well, Meta, I, it, all, even all. in digital health, we're seeing that, you know, Babylon was recently retrenching Livongo, you know, on, on, on the list goes. Um, but I think it's going to be a fantastic opportunity to see some new business models coming through. And therefore, what I was saying to you, move away from a cottage industry of at least 12,000 digital ventures across the, 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 the principal regional ecosystems of the world into more meaning, more patient journey, meaningful, more HCP or healthcare professional journey, meaningful type solutions. But I mean, let me stop there and, and yeah, see let me swing over to Ritesh, Ritesh right now. Mm. Ritesh is diversified. He's an expert in this. Ritesh has been diversifying. As you know, he's opened up a, a chain of restaurants, Brick Lane Curry, um, uh, Montclair, Jersey City, New York City. So as a digital health guru and uh, early in guy, He's, he's also banking on uh, the restaurant business, but healthy food, of course, because, uh, and I guess you can offer order via um, apps and digital. But I wanted to get your, your input here, Ritesh, on this, because you've, you've been watching this area before it was at area, and, and you're a marketer as well. You're, you know, you're in the trenches as the digital health marketer and guru. What's your advice to these companies on, in light of what Julian just shared? So I, the the echo everything Julian said, and I'll add this. I think the days of a presentation that shows a business model of acquisition and eyeballs is gone. I think it is now around business model and value. What is it that you're going to do that's going to add value to the customer that you're selling to, whether that's a health system or a directed patient model? What does that business model look like from a revenue perspective? It's not just about grabbing market share and getting as many patients on the platform or as many people on the platform, but what is the strategic goal here and how are you going to do it? But the third and the most important one I'm seeing is those point solutions that crept up because one physician had an idea based on a use case that they saw in their hospital and went and raised a million dollars of seed to go do something with, I think that's gone. I think what's going to happen is more platforms are coming into play here. Connectedness of the digital ecosystem is where the play is. 
And then what's that business model look like? So you can either come in, and that's why I think your guidance to the Israeli startups that you were talking to is quite sound, because in this area of turmoil and consolidation, you know, SPACs are gone. There's no more SPACs. You don't hear about it anymore, right? Reverse engineering into public markets in any way. And I think where the model now is, instead of you, a startup looking at one point solution because of a use case of something that you know works, which will get you a million people, can you connect it up to the other parts of the ecosystem to get to 10 million people? And what does that model look like? So I think thinking outside of it is the way to go. I'm going to take, I'm going to pivot from what you just said, and I want to throw out a question back to your colleague here, Julian. You know, so in, in sort of going through the pages of the report, you, you not only looked at the sort of like the 30,000 foot level, you, you were constantly swooping down to the three feet level of this report. And that's what, in my opinion, makes it so invaluable to decision makers around the ecosystem. So one of the things I saw that I'm fascinated to hear from you both about is you, you also drill down to not just the category or the type of, of enterprise, you looked at thera uh, therapeutic categories that are winners and not so winners. And I saw that uh, some of the things you talked about, oncology, winner, uh, mental health, possibly still strong. I, I would love to get your, your take, both of you, from, a, from an investment standard, from a focused clinical standpoint, and from a patient, sort of a patient perspective, where do you think the emphasis needs to go in terms of using digital health technologies, connective tissue, where do you think we need to start to focus in on? It's not just, wow, digital health. Now we're talking about specific communities. Julian, Ritesh, what's your take on this? First of all, why oncology? Where's why oncology? Why is the heavy investment there first and foremost? So yes, you're absolutely right. So the beauty of, of the analysis and, you know, there's, I don't I forget how many pages there are in this report, but you can imagine the report only really scratches the surface. It's 52 of pages it, of what is probably 200 odd that we culled down, I think. Julia. Correct. Yeah. And even day. and even yeah. then, I think we we're still at uh, at 10,000 feet, I think, Gil. Yes. Not, not yes. quite flying at sea level just just yet. But um, um, the, the, the data is there. And you're right. You know, we, we do take great pride in trying to get in therapeutic areas. And I don't mean oncology. We actually look below that in terms of lung cancer, breast cancer, skin cancer, and, you know, all the application there. Uh, to try and answer your question, I think oncology generally is seen by um, investors as being a significant um, value pool. Uh, and therefore, um, an investment in the direction of a venture that is making a difference to the treatment of, of, of cancer um, has a higher risk of ROI than say um, some of the other therapeutic areas out there. Now that said, you'll see the three habitual ones out there. Diabetes is still very strong in terms of fundraising. Um, certainly in some regions like Asia, much stronger simply because it's a, you know, the the prevalence of diabetes in certain countries, particularly India, for example, is, is significant. Um, cardiovascular remains one of the big boys in the room as well. Mental health certainly saw um, a huge boost during the COVID period. Um, so the 2020, 2021 years saw a significant amount of funding um, driven into mental health. What we're seeing, I think, is a little bit of, um, what's the word? Um, slowing uh, when it comes to, 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 to the, the amount of funding going into mental health um, to the advantage of oncology as a broad category. 
That's great. And Ritesh, I, I would say it's more of a Sorry, you, Gil. Jump in, jump in, my friend. Jump in. Yeah, no, no, no. Just to, to on the point of uh, oncology, you know, mental health, uh, diabetes, etc. So you've got the chronic conditions are never going to go away, and they are large population bases, right? If you look at diabetes and obesity and all of those things. Those are massive, massive population bases all over the world. And I think the Asian market has been really ahead in those areas a little bit compared to the Western world, but they're catching up. Oncology, I, there hasn't been much. Most of it has been on the R&D side. If you look at investments, huge numbers are going into the R&D side of trying to figure out cancer, but not much on the digital therapeutic side. There's more AI, you know, those kinds of things, which take bigger investments. That's the other bit. You know, you need more money to go do this. And I think overall, you're going to see for mental health, uh, I, I call it the, the exuberation has now disappeared and rationality is coming into the market for sure. So it's not like it's going to dry up, but there's going to be rational reasons for funding something now, as opposed to the chasing the exuberance of doing it. No, this is great. No, my... My only complaint is nothing, nothing to do with your report. It's that this show is 26 minutes and we've got a, we've got a few moments left. And we're, we're, the three of us are going to have to complain to the network to give us more time. Than that. This report is being issued on Monday, November 14th. It's going to be available via download. And, um, and Julian, could you share with us? I, I think that you're, you and Ritesh are sending out a press release 8 a.m. Monday that will give all of the information of how to access this amazing piece of research for free. I also understand that um, this is the first of a series of comprehensive reports that the two of you and your organizations will be releasing. Is the next one coming out of JP Morgan? Spot on. Uh, we're greatly looking forward to uh, JP Morgan 2023, I guess, which is what, 9th, 10th, 11th, or certainly 9th and 10th of January. In, uh, in hopefully not too rainy San Francisco. Um, but that is the, the next uh, collaboration. Uh, and we've already started the wheels to uh, start building that specific analysis uh, for publication at JP Morgan, yeah. I think, you know, so there's a number actually. Uh, JP Morgan is the next big one because obviously that is the preeminent C-suite M&A conference, right? That's when deals are done. So we'll focus a little bit more, I suspect, on some of those things. And then we're looking at Vive Health event in Nashville, Tennessee. These two leaders have collaborated on this global state of digital health report going to be released at Health this Monday, November 14th. Thank you both for joining us on Health Unabashed. Greg, back to you. And that is a wrap for today's broadcast. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in and our special guests, Julian De Salaberry, the CEO and co-founder of Galen Growth, and Ritesh Patel, Senior Partner and Global Digital Health Lead for Finn Partners. For more information on Julian's work at Galen, go to www.galengrowth.com. Follow on Twitter via at DeSalaberry or at Galen Growth, respectively. And for Ritesh Patel, visit www.finpartners.com. That's Finn with two N's. And follow on Twitter via at Ritters, R-I-T-T-E-R-S 90, and at Finn Partners, respectively. 
You can learn more about Health Unabashed on the program page at Healthcare Now Radio. We air weekdays at 10.30 a.m., 6.30 p.m., and 2.30 a.m. Eastern, or 7.30 a.m., 3.30 p.m., and 11.30 p.m. Pacific. Do keep the conversation going with Gil and me on Twitter by connecting with us via at Gil underscore Bash, and that's B-A-S-H-E, and at Greg Masters MPH, and that's Greg with two Gs, and do remember to tag your tweets with hashtag Health Unabashed. Until next time, stay unapologetically passionate about improving health.